Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week. We're not doing the movie this week. We're talking about Pink we Five. Movie this we're talking week. about Pink Five this week. <laughs> we're making a movie this weekend. <laughs> Myself, as always, my name is T. Christie. I'm sitting here with Brian William Fenefter and Trey, the amazing creator of Pink Five Stokes. Hi. So why are we talking about Pink Five today of all days? I guess is the today. Question. Why is this day different than any other day? Um, the, the, we're talking about Pink Five. Uh, because first of all, people keep asking us to talk about Pink Five, and we've resisted. So we've we've created value from scarcity that way. Uh, <laughs> Good economics there. I like that. <laughs> so here you go. Here's a big old plate full of Pink so Five. So you're the reason the euro is collapsing. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm, I'm, pink we're, Five is pink, Greece. I've been stashing Pink Five in offshore accounts <laughs> and removing it from the the greater economy. So it's weird how accurate that is too. That's crazy. It's, now it's, I'm sure most of the people who listen have heard us talk about Pink Five, and I'm sure many of them know what it is, but. Uh, in a sentence, what what is Pink Five? In case someone someone hasn't found this one yet, Pink Five is an extremely uh, elaborate God 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 help me um, series of Star Wars uh, spoofs that uh, I have been making over the years, and uh, and we have one chapter uh, as yet unmade, and uh, Pink Five. Became kind of a thing. Uh, the Lucasfilm gave us some awards for it, and that was awfully nice. And uh, the it had a, a has developed a following online, and uh, Lucasfilm continues to show it at conventions. And they've even gone as far as to put Pink, the Pink Five character of Stacy on one of their official trading cards and mention her in a couple of their books. And there's been a chapter of a book called Homemade Hollywood, all about fan films that talks about the making of Pink Five. And ultimately, this still blows me away. Is uh, Pink Five ultimately became a canon character in Star Wars itself? She appears as a character in the novel Allegiance by Tim Zahn. So, so that happened. So the, the, so the TL, the TL, the TLDR version is oh, it's just a fucking short film I made. It's a fan film. It's a fan film. And there's been a few of them. There's Pink Five, and then there was Pink Five Strikes Back, which sort of required Return of Pink Five, and then that obligated us to make Return of Pink Five. And Return of Pink Five, Chris Hannell, a friend of the program, and I, uh, I brought him in to help me write that one. And uh, we decided, okay, this is this is it. We're going to make a big deal out of this, and it became so big and epic that Pink Five itself, Return of Pink Five. Uh, itself became a trilogy, and we've released it in stages, uh, two of which are online and one of which is yet to go. But why isn't the third one out yet? Well... This uh, brings us to you guys. I'm bringing it back to you. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it's going to be about you. <laughs> Bring it into land right now. It's going to be all about you in a second. Uh, well, things happened. Uh, it's a long story. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're making an epic uh, series of films out of your own pocket and spending money and meanwhile deciding you don't want to be a visual effects artist anymore and uh you suddenly you don't have the income you once had uh you know financially things get crunched and then just when you're sort of coming to terms with that um then there's a global economic meltdown and <laughs> no one has any money for years and years and years and countries collapse uh and things like that so uh just financially uh and uh, just in the also in the free time zone of having to work to stay alive uh we had to kind of put the pink five thing on hold for a while um we didn't want to, but we had to. Um, until today. Well, I want to see it, Trey. How can I help? Hey, I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> God, that was cheap. That was, that was, that was fucking cheap. so cheap. That was like every other... That was like we were doing Oprah all of a sudden. And yet, it's still not the dirtiest I've felt working in Hollywood. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, uh, the, uh, all the whole time, uh, right from the beginning, Pink 5 was self-financed and... and once it became a little bit of a thing, we, we, we did solicit for donations for making every chapter of it. We would put out a little pledge drive on our website or whatever and, and uh, put a video out and, and uh, people would send us, you know, a dollar or two or, you know, they'd buy a thing and we'd take a couple of dollars off the top from, you know, a T-shirt or something like that. And that was great. It all helped us get going. Uh, really, 
it's it's partly the timing and partly the fact that just right now we're sort of in a place where we can devote the time to to really finish that thing because it, literally the chapters of Return of Pink Five that exist thus far were created by me sitting sitting in a chair for a year uh, and doing that. Uh, it wasn't a weekend and evening thing. It was a full time gig. If you if you want to skip over to our episode of Arc, yeah, uh, the description of how Arc got made uh, is is pretty much exactly what happened with Pink Five before that. It just it occurred because I didn't didn't uh, get paid to do anything else and just sat in a chair and made it for a year. And then I couldn't afford to do that anymore, so I had to had to put that on hold. But um, so it, sort of being in a position of that free time is available. Again, uh, but the other half of it is that there's this thing called Kickstarter now, which has finally sort of achieved the singularity of people who are aware of Kickstarter. If you say Kickstarter, people, oh, I know what Kickstarter is. I understand it. I get it. And uh, and people get funding for all kinds of crazy things. So, I see where this is going yeah, now. So, <laughs> I get it. Wait a second. You're trying to sell me something, That's you? right. So we, we... I need an adult. I need an adult. Unclean. We took the plunge and we, we set up a Kickstarter program just to see uh, if people would like to uh, help us finish that last chapter, just get us over the hump. And how's that going? It's, as we record this, and I guess we're going to, it's going to go online fairly soon. We mm-hmm. This is, uh, we've just finished the first week we put a 30-day clock on it so we have three weeks to go uh we're at about four thousand right now which is about 20 percent of the way to our goal so not bad for a first week though yeah cooking along and it's all grassroots we haven't you know been able to like you know get a retweet from uh you know nathan fillion or anything like that it's uh but we're hoping (laughs) <laughs> we're still Hello, hoping. Nathan. Are you listening? Yes, we're still hoping. You know, we're continuing to get the word out. And of course, uh, we started it now uh, for, for several specific timing reasons. One of which is that Celebration Six is coming up. It will. Oh my God! You know, it, will, it will close. <laughs> now that's what I call Music Forty Three. There you go. Our, you know, the Kickstarter will close. Closes on September fifth. So whenever you're listening to this, either go to Kickstarter or never mind at this point because yeah. it closes on September fifth. But September fifth, uh, twenty twelve. Who knows how long this will be online? But uh, if it's not September. September 5th, 2012 yet, please go to the Kickstarter page, uh, which you can get to by uh, pink5.com, our main site that we've always had, or you can just go to uh, Kickstarter and search for Pink 5, and there we are. You write out 5, it's F-I-V-E. Yes, you do. Because Pink 5. It, because if you don't, you're going to end up in a corner of the internet where... Even safe search will not protect you. So really, <laughs> there's some. There's some. I didn't back, realize there was a deep some, web. There's some. There back, are things. There's some back alleys down there. Well, there's a series of films that have pink in the title, and they've made five of them. So uh, you'll, I see. Uh-huh. you'll end wow. up uh, in the wrong place. That's if you, adorable. If you use the numeral, I'm just saying. Anyway, but we didn't want to spend the the whole thing here talking about a Kickstarter that'll be gone in a few weeks. We actually wanted to talk about the making of Pink Five and sort of. The, the 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 gestation I guess would be sort of put on the back burner just to talk about how it was actually made. Uh, many of these anecdotes are going to be super familiar to certainly us. Yeah, we'll just stick to the highlights. But, um, <laughs> We're not going to tell that story. Some again. of the stuff that uh, most people wouldn't know. I mean, for instance, the, the short version of how Pink Five got made was you had access to a jumpsuit and a cockpit set for like an hour. Not or a something. cockpit set, a blue screen. Oh right, that's right, a blue screen. There's no cockpit set. Oh, well, it looked so damn good. <laughs> I, well, thank God for low resolution back when we first re- released that because I think a lot of people were – I think I guess some people maybe still do. You know, the, the, you know, thought that we had a cockpit set. You know, I, have had, I have had people ask me, like, hey, we used to have that set. Can we use it? Um, I do. Here, you send yes, him a, a picture. I, and I did. There was, one, there was one guy who wanted to do his own fan film, and I, I sent him the artwork. You know, I sent him the Photoshop <laughs> files that are, the, that, are that set. Uh, I don't know if you ever did anything with them, but I actually gave. I actually, I actually, I actually did give him the set. I sent it to him. Here it is. I actually do remember distinctly having that thought the first time I watched Pink Five years and years and years ago. Going, oh man, they have a cockpit. That's so cool, and just not. I mean, 
at some point I went back and rewatched it and went, oh, this is, this is not real. But the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, they have a full conference. That's yeah. awesome. I hate them now. Yes. The, the genesis of it was, you know, Amy and I had been doing short videos already. We'd already been working together for a year just uh, making – we'd made like 50 or 60 of these little goofy online things that uh, – some of which were, you know – kind of fun for just being mostly off the cuff unscripted just things that we would throw together and, and most of which are unwatchable but that's you know that's the that's what you do you know mm-hmm. you, you just ended so we sort of evolved our our working process and i was learning to use premiere to edit with and how to put how to put a video online and all those arcane things that were very hard to do and then uh you know that sort of culminated in pink five was uh, was a thing that we made and and i you know i i i was i was looking to segue from Editing with Premiere, like, okay, now everyone's talking about, you know, this After Effects package is getting pretty good now. So, uh, you know, I should, I should learn to I, – I, career-wise, I've made this weird jump from being a practical visual effects guy to being a digital visual effects supervisor without ever having been hands-on with digital visual effects. God, I hate you guys. Yeah, it's crazy. So <laughs> so now that I was making my own projects. Yeah, now that I was making my own projects, I was like, well, I should probably maybe just learn to actually use visual effects software and uh, see what that's about. Crappy blue screen work from the creature supervisor of Starship <laughs> exactly. Troopers. Exactly. <laughs> yes, for the, for the creature supervisor of, of Starship Troopers, here's some shoddy It's effects. almost exactly as if, like, George Lucas had cracked open After Effects and it's like... <laughs> decided to do... Look, I added a beam. This one I'm going to do my on my own. You guys just stand down and I'm going to make this one myself. <laughs> I got this. Cracked uh, yeah, the guy who invented right. the entire market is like, I'm going to do this by myself, and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> oh god! So, so that George, was, your black levels are off. Yeah, that was the point of uh, that was the point of Pink yeah, Five. But was, I thought it rhymes. Yeah, Sorry. that was the point of if Pink Five was I wanted to practice visual effects, and uh, and so I actually I actually made the cut has always stayed exactly the same. The cut of actually Amy against Blue Screen has has never changed over the years. But I've literally redone those effects I think three times. Uh, <laughs> there was the original version that no one really ever saw, and that was. I was like, okay, that was awful. Um, but then I redid it uh, in a version that was good enough that ended up on Adam Films and iFilm. And then once I got fairly adept at After Effects, I just couldn't stand to look at it anymore. And even I upgraded it again. So what you're telling us is that there are special editions of Pink 5. There are special editions of Pink 5, but you, you, you've you only ever probably seen those. So the uh, one. Yeah. yeah, we didn't actually uh, get, get I am somehow still versions. offended. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but, I don't think I have the original version in any form at all of uh, the very first incarnation of what it was, and it's exactly the same. And it has, and, and of course, the original incarnation also has my original audio track in it, the one that is now on YouTube and and is the one that is out there mostly is the one that was mixed at Skywalker Ranch. Moving on. Believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but enough about that story. We should stop and tell that story a little bit. Um, Actually, they can find uh, – if John John still has the – If it's still uh, online, the the story is online. Our our buddy John Hudgens has put together a fan films documentary in which uh, Pink Five is featured – uh, Trey's in it a lot. I'm in it a lot. You're I, in it a little bit. Uh, I'm in it. I'm, I'm in it more than seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> considering how little I've actually made in the in the realm not of just fan. the Pink Five section, but no, you're like the no. Young, I'm I'm like the fucking puck. I'm you're, all the way. <laughs> you're, the, you're the voice of fan films for the whole documentary. You're the C3PO of the fan film documentary. Unfortunately, I had the good sense uh, to to think about what I would look like eight years later in advance. And unlike Chris, I didn't put my sunglasses <laughs> up on my forehead. He is so annoyed by that. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I look like a douche, and I'm like. No, you no, you yeah, do. you, you kind of do. do. Sorry, man. Um, but uh, I also wrote the the song at the beginning. Whatever. Anyway, but there's uh, he's been releasing trailers and stuff for that recently. It's coming out here in a few months. As of this recording, in the future, it'll be out. Check Netflix for backyard blockbusters. But he's been releasing trailers and also like snippets of interviews he hasn't used. And there's a great three or four minute long version of Trey telling the 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 sound 
mixing at, at Skywalker story. That's awesome, and I recommend you check it out. Yeah, but let's move on. But just yeah, just for the I I, I do get people who you know in the credits. I had I've had people write to me going, you know, it's really not really not right for you to claim that it was mixed at Skywalker. Come on, because <laughs> the credits it says mixed at Skywalker Ranch, and people are like, ha, very funny, you know. <laughs> but you probably shouldn't say that. And I'm like, I, we freaking mixed it at Skywalker <laughs> Ranch. We really did. I don't believe it either, but it's true. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to Pink Five Strikes Back. Now this is where. I, I was not involved, but this is where I first found out about it because at some point in the weeks or months prior to that happening, I had started talking to you on IM. Yeah, at some point because because I I put I put it online, um, I and I don't remember the exact order. I think it was on iFilm first, and iFilm made it their pick of the day the day Attack of the Clones came out. Uh, which Pink I Five or Strikes Back? Pink, Pink Five, okay. the very first one. I didn't, you know, it was just this goofy video. I sent it to iFilm. Hey, here's the thing, you know. And at, at the time, iFilm was, if we think it's okay, we'll actually give you disk space and we'll show it. We'll <laughs> let people look at it. That was the deal. Uh, and uh, and they said, yeah, we'll show it. And I was like, fine. But they didn't tell me that they were going to put it on the front page the day Attack of the Clones opened. And like Star Wars and make it a thing, so uh, and this is a story I tell in the documentary as well. That I, you know, I like told people I sent an email and you know, hey guys, my movies on. Hey, I got four hits. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll check back an hour later and I got four thousand. How, how did that happen? And then you know, and on it went from there. Uh, so that was the first thing. But then it went to Adam Films. But somewhere along the way, I also got it on the Force.net, which at the time. That was another place specifically for fan films that would host fan films. It was a very big thing to get your fan film approved by the Force.net. It really was. It's sad, it. I know, but yeah. it really was. It was a huge deal. It was a big thing. And Brian's on there too. Yeah, and I actually remember because uh, in Stormtroopers on there, I remember saying in some thread or a message like, I didn't even have the ambition of getting Stormtrooper on there. Like I thought that was beyond <laughs> yeah. my ability. So I sent an email to Fenchizer or whoever was you know running it. I was like, hey, can you just like – would you do a shout out on the blog thing? And he came back like, well, I'd like to do more than that. I'd like to actually host it. And I went, nice. <gasps> <laughs> no way. So, so that was so it was a big deal. It was at, at the time. So so yeah. So so I, I I'd stumbled on the Force.net once I had made Pink 5 and, and that's how I discovered – after the fact that there was such a term as fan film and that there was even a God Other help us people. all, a fan film community out there. All about those guys suck. Yeah, it was crazy. And anyway, and so uh, one of, among, among the many folks that I encountered online there was this, uh, this annoying young kid. Uh, what was your handle at the time? And how? Uh, fig, Figger and Dan Man? Figger and Dan fig. Man. That's where Fig came from? Yep. In fact, right after I had come up with the name Figrin Dan, which, by the way, is a reference to Figrin Dan and the modal nodes. Uh, he was the, yeah. in the Cantina band. You know, he's the one. Dee, 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 dee. He, that's Figrin Dan and the modal nodes. Figrin Dan being the lead player. In the, and I wanted to impress all the people on the Star Wars site. So I, what I did was I found a really obscure Star Wars character and I used that for my handle. And I wanted to be Figrin Dan Man so that everyone would like me because I knew so much about Star Wars. And then, <clears throat> like one day later, Michael Dorkman Scott called me Fig, and then I had wasted all of that, and I still look like a douchebag. It didn't apply anymore. I was just sitting there around my collar. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought your real name was Dan. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I, guess, I could see how okay. that would happen. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought Michael's name was Scott. I thought he was Dorkman Scott. You know, he was oh, yeah. as in Dorkman mm-hmm. Brian or something like yeah. that. Mm. Anyway. But um, but you've managed to shed the Fig tag, and Dorkman has embraced the Dorkman tag still to this day. 
See, because that's because I grew up, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm real Trey. When, when Mike gets his Oscar, I think the statuette <laughs> will say, say Dorkman. Dork I want it. I hope that's the case. <laughs> well, Andy Samberg has an Emmy that says jizz in your pants on it. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Pink Everyone Five. should have one. So that, but, but that's where we all met is because yeah. of Pink right, Five. Right. That's how I came to that community. And As that's effects where guy. You all were. And yeah. Brian was Hamillion actor. Yes, yeah. I'm so proud of that, that wordplay. <laughs> because as opposed to a Shakespearean actor, someone who studies in the, the Shakespeare school, a Hamillion actor who studies the acting school of Mark Hamill. In other words, bad. Well, my favorite one was I had convinced one of my buddies at the Star Wars fan club in Carmel High School. Um, (laughs) I can't push my glasses up more, guys. They're already up into the bridge of my nose. (laughs) Did the chess club beat you up? No. I have a funny story about that, but we'll skip it. Um, (laughs) It was like the the West Side Story. Um, I had convinced him to come join the forum, and he was like, I don't know. what Should I just call myself Steve? I'm like, no. You should be Adobe One Kenobi. (laughs) <laughs> oh. And he used it and posted twice and never used it again. I was like, fuck, that wordplay is better than this. That's a waste of a great handle. <laughs> anyway, but around sometime around that point or a little while after I uh, got in touch with Trey for one reason or another, I think I was asking you if and you and Amy were dating. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which is exactly what you want to, a random IM window to pop up and ask you about. Hey, who are you fucking? <laughs> you seem nerdy like me. Are you actually dating the, yeah. the pretty girl? Have you girl? touched the woman? <laughs> so, yeah. Female. So, so that, yeah, that popped up and I was kind of like, who is this? Classy, bro. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, at Good some times. point after that, you, you, Hadn't told anyone. Like I, you guys all knew that you were making strikes back, but you hadn't. Yeah, we actually. Yeah, that's it, it was, true. It was I, a total fucking secret. I at forgot the time. that we had kept it a secret that we were going to. And at one point, he, you said, "Do you want to see what I'm working on?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And you sent me a JPEG, and it was a picture of Amy Earhart and Yoda. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was just telling the story about the Reddit thread. There's a GIF of <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal just losing his shit and going. Ah! <laughs> I was like, I know what this refers to, and I am excited. And then you premiered it at Fanzilicon uh, yes, like a did. month a month later, yeah. Which is where most of us met. I met Brian after that. Yeah, but I met Hanel and Ryan later. and Dorkman and yeah. Steve Phelan and Trey and all those guys, Shane Faylukes and Hudgens and the guy that made Heart of the Rebellion and a bunch of it was it was pretty cool. You know, it wasn't a sausage fest or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and uh, Pink Five Strikes Back premiered premiered there, right? <laughs> yes, we had just uh, it was the very first rough cut. It was I brought a VHS tape and we uh, we did a little Pink Five presentation, uh, did a little Q and A, and uh, and then I said, hey, uh, you know, then of course I did that, you know douchebag thing that people do like i do have this tape if you guys want to see it i'm not even sure what's on it <laughs> oh one more thing one more thing and, uh, and trey pulls out an ipad yeah zang <laughs> yeah i was a little ahead of my time with that one but the uh but yeah that's where we showed it first time ever was fancy gun at that point had amy been at a live prevent uh, screening of pink five she has been we, since. Well, we would have we would have by then won the uh, the George Lucas Lex Award and they screened Comic it there. Con. and they they, okay, they cool. did screen it. Yeah, they screened it. They at the awards thing at Comic Con with four thousand people in Hall H or whatever that was. And uh, you know that's kind of a big deal. I have to imagine it was still a pretty friendly crowd, receptive and all. At at uh, Fanzilla, at, at Fanzilla for Pinch well, Fresh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh my god, look at yeah, this shit. Yeah, we're, it was kind of you know we were kind of the. The you know the, the Tarantino of the year, <laughs> it's the grand prize winner. I mean that's I mean I think that's we went because we got invited. You know the the makers invited us or whatever is the way I recall it. So the thing that I'm the most proud of on your behalf for Strikes Back, all the things that Strikes Back does that are like I can't believe you pulled that shit off. <laughs> What's up, Yoda, Headless Vader, all those things. Uh, I don't want to blow the joke, but it's one of the first things that happens once she gets onto the planet, and it's Luke off screen, and it's the joke that happens there. Yeah, that is fucking genius. <laughs> that is still one of the cleverest Star Wars jokes I've ever seen Thank in my you. life. And you got to you, you got to see Strikes Back to see that, but it's fucking genius. 
<laughs> it blew my mind when it happened because I thought it was too good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's pushing the envelope a little bit of what we would consider an acceptable joke for the Pink Five series. But uh, is there a, Do you have like an internal guideline for we what d- you We can do, yeah. Do? It's, you have a series uh, Bible? We do. Well, <laughs> series Bible, yeah. Series Bible is whether I, I want to do something or not. But the um, – the, the trans- well, this is a, there was a very definite decision point between the original Pink Five and making – Pink Five Strikes Back, which was... Because you have to go out of the cockpit. If we're going to well, leave yeah, the cockpit, the, we have the, to know what we're doing. Exactly. It was a couple of things. You know, people like... We, we, first of all, didn't intend to make a sequel, and then and then we sort of kind of started to warm to the idea, but we, we very much made a very conscious decision that, well, we're not going to, like, oh, now she's in a snow speeder on Hoth, and she's going to say more jokes for five minutes, and it's going to be that, you know? And then we'll, you know, then we'll do Return of Pink Five, and she'll be in the second Battle of Endor, and she'll talk for five minutes, and there's that, and we're done. Uh, and And... It's true that there are many nights I've lain awake at night wishing I'd done that. God, that would have been done so long ago. <laughs> we wouldn't even be talking about it now, but we opted to go in a different direction. Um, I wouldn't be dealing with rendering fully animated yeah, ATSTs. Yes, yes. It was at the time it seemed like the right decision. Um, because that would just be, I mean, the original Pink Five had this great notoriety because it was this funny little thing and, and you know, doesn't really wear out its welcome. I mean, it, I, even I look at it and I go, I think I could make that 10 seconds shorter and it'd be even better, but you know, that's, that's how it is. But, um, you know, we didn't want to just, Oh, and then we'll just do it more and more. And we'll just run it right into the freaking ground and make everybody hate us. That was the one thing we didn't want to do. So it's like, all right, well the only, the only direction that seems available to go in is to, is to, Turn it more into a real story and not a sketch and not a, you know, a, a, it's a wacky girl in Star Wars, you know, and go. So let's start telling a story. And, uh, and it's the story has then become the thing that's been driving it. So, so first of all, we wanted to like make sure we were telling a, a, a story. You know, it says we've said many times on Down in Front, it's a comedic story, but the, you know, things matter to the protagonists and uh, the jeopardy is real for the protagonists, except that in our case, the jeopardy for Stacy is that she she's losing her boyfriend. Um, she's not aware of the galactic war that's happening around her. Uh, she's not, that's not registering with her because you know screw that. Her boyfriend might be seeing this Princess Leia chick, and that's that's a real serious problem. So that's what drives her to do everything she does is that she's trying to get back together with her boyfriend, or at least the guy she thinks is her boyfriend, uh, and she's just not aware of this whole galactic war that's happening around her. But uh, so so that's it. Sort of evolved into that. And and, and the other the other mandate that we set up for ourselves is that uh, you know we didn't want to just be one of those kind of movies where any joke goes if it's funny, where and then you know the just the, the example that comes out because someone kind of suggested this a friend of mine suggested and then she could find Yoda in the shower and he's like got a shower cap and a scrub brush and he's like singing the Macarena or something whatever was popular then uh, and I just said that's exactly. That would be so like, and, and I think that was the right call because that would be so pathetic to look at now. Is you know that, that if we did a joke like that, uh, so we tried to stay in our own kind of weird, you know, comedic way, within a certain level of reality of the Star Wars universe. And although we do have familiar characters doing things that are obviously a little bit out of the, character on the, wack, the, on the wacky Wars, side, yeah. they're there. We they're tried still them. Yeah, yeah, we tried to make it so you, you know, you know, if you if you let go of your sort of view of the pomposity of these characters and their sort of set in set in stone kind of nature of them they might have had those kind of conversations i can imagine yoda thinking that was funny yeah you know or you know what 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 do the emperor and darth vader talk about when they're standing in that throne room all day long you know it's like yeah so your kids what happened there what was that that was messed up yeah so you made me kill my wife i, I know but hey you know what the hell so um 
So we tried to just, you know, not do a joke for the sake of the joke and also have a certain, in its weird way, reverence for the universe and for the mythology and just work within it. And, just take it seriously. Yeah. And, take it seriously and make it funny. Yeah. And then, and then the final challenge was to thread that needle where Stacy, you know, you understand where Stacy is in the story that you know, that she's just, that's, off, that's ca- tricky, she's yeah. just off camera. You understand what's mm-hmm. happening in the bigger picture that you're familiar with and you understand what she's doing now that relates to that. It's it's clever shit. It's Tom Stoppard stuff. It's totally inspired by Tom Stoppard. And the uh, the other thing and troops. I will I will absolutely admit that you know troops troops did it first. You know the, I, other, I, the other story that was off camera. I have heard Kevin Rubio say that he likes Pink Five, so I think you're okay. <laughs> he's also he's also he couldn't help but give me a little bit of a he ding like, for, yeah, for stealing his idea. Stern. That's clever. But, but really, but really, we both owe it to Stoppard. We I don't think either one of us can take the credit. Uh, the things that I, I you know again I might be. Not giving the audience enough benefit of the doubt and thinking that they all know all this stuff, but I, I really want to focus on the really interesting like filmmaking shit. Like the thing that blows my mind about Strikes Back, in addition to that joke, is uh, the Yoda. Like holy, yeah. holy shit! <laughs> yeah, like holy shit! Like I had seen one Yoda in a fan film prior to that. I think it was in the Empire Strikes Back yard. Um, if any, no one knows what I'm talking about, but they and they just had a guy and they just kind of slathered green on him and it looks like they tried, but then it sucked. So then they just tried to make a joke of how much it sucked. <laughs> Uh, but your, your Yoda is pretty fucking good. It is. And it's, it's better than the Yoda at the end of Phantom Menace. <laughs> that's, that's well, we didn't know that at the time, I guess. But uh, I guess we maybe we would have. Yeah, that, Phantom Menace would have been out, wouldn't it? Yeah, in ninety nine. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. But that the the puppet. Who who did the puppet? The, um, did you make the puppet? No, I didn't make the puppet uh, myself. I didn't make the puppet. I mean, I had some in, input into it. What uh, I basically Pink Five Strikes Back was going to be made or broken on whether or not we could get Yoda because it's like, I don't, that's the story is, you know, Stacy has to go to Dagobah and, and, uh, and I, and you know, I kind of had an idea of like, okay, here's a, here's a storyline that could work. If she goes to Dagobah, she's on Dagobah at the same time Luke is, but Luke doesn't know she's there. Um, then that gives us a story that, you know, we set up this, this thing that then proceeded to drive the rest of the story is this, you know, this concept that Obi-Wan has chosen his champion to save the galaxy but Yoda is really not that into into Mark Hamill, and if you look and if you look through that lens at at The Empire Strikes Back, you can see it that Yoda is like I don't I don't want to train this guy. He says that flat out. This guy I don't think so. Uh, the the missing piece that we that we put in is it's because Yoda is simultaneously training who he thinks is the rightful savior of the galaxy. He's putting his money on this chick that showed up. Hence, no, there is another. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. and when and thus the joke is when when Yoda says there is another, it's Stacy he's talking about. Um, so 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 once I sort of. You know, had evolved that concept, and I said, "Okay, that can work. That's that's a that's that's a structure for Return of for Pink Five Strikes Back. That's a movie that we can make, but we can't make it without Yoda. We have to have a Yoda. He's the co-star of that of that story. And so, if we can't get a Yoda, then forget it. Then that's it. We're not we're not doing it. So I put the word out into into the you know the the creature world, which is you know where where I come from and where my you know still have many friends who still work in the creature effects world. And I mean, not to like focus in even more, but was that like you literally just called up like some guys that you've worked with before and does it this? Oh god, okay, this is this sounds stupid. <laughs> Here's a Here, uh, sad idea. Hey, it's Trey. Long time no talk. I'm just um, saying. I need. A, do you have a Yoda? I need a Yoda. It wasn't anyone had a Yoda. It was going to have to be someone. You know, how do we make a Yoda or what sort of options? I mean, you know, I'm I'm 
one or two steps removed from the people who made Yoda. You know, so the that's a, it's not that big a world, but uh, it's not like there's going to be like, oh yeah, here's this Yoda that we pulled off the shelf and you can use. Here, have Yoda. Have Yoda. <laughs> use Yoda. That's 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 yours. Um, that wasn't an option, but I, yeah, I really didn't know. I'm like, surely there are people. I mean, some people, a lot of people in that industry, just like in in the fan world in general. They'll practice by I'm going to do my own sculpt of Hellboy, or they're not the person who makes Hellboy for real, but they do a Hellboy head or they make a Hellboy mask or whatever just to just to get their skills in. I first of all, I think I, my first question was: Does anyone anyone happen to have ever made a Yoda by any chance? <laughs> so the answer was you know no one that we could find. Um, but there were some people who were willing to, and and actually it ties into Team America because as I recall the timing of it, Team America was in early pre-production then, but they were starting at the Kyoto Brothers to to make all these puppets, and I had friends working there, and so I called this my friend Christine, who also has contributed in many ways to the Pink Five movies, so he became our costumer and did a lot of other costumes and creatures and stuff, um, and and was one of the puppeteers of Yoda for uh, for Strikes Back. Um, I, I remember talking, starting with her and saying, can you ask if anyone's got a Yoda? And so she was, I believe she was working at the Kyoto brothers. She asked around there because people were there and uh, there was a guy who was a sculptor who goes, Oh yeah, I've always wanted to sculpt a Yoda. And I was like, well, this is your chance then if you'd like <laughs> to fortunate. do that. So, so we actually were very fortunate at the timing as well because he basically did it, uh, you know, at, while working at the Kyoto's on team America and, and therefore, you know, t- they were doing things already, and they were making all these Team America characters and sculpting those and making them out of foam latex. So Yoda got sculpted kind of after hours out of you know leftover materials from Team America, and then he got cast out of leftover materials from Team America, and then he got run with. They were they were making Team America heads, and they go, "You got enough left over to fill this Yoda head mold? Splorch, great! Put it in the oven with the others." And so so Yoda was born concurrently with the characters from Team America just by sort of piggybacking on, and this on was that. All, he's a brother. And, yeah. And this was all before you yourself ended up working Long before on I was doing I didn't, I didn't come to the project until later, you know, a year later when they were shooting and we were on the set. But that was, just, again, it was just very lucky happenstance that, uh, you know, that, uh, oh, Yoda's, Yoda's happening. Oh, well, oh, God, now we have to make the thing. Uh, so, so, you know. But we, at one point, he was like, all right, you want to come check this thing out? And you're like, yeah. And he drove over to Kyoto. Is that how it worked? You're just like, yep, that's, yep, that's, that, there he is. That that's would be, fucking Yoda. That would be Yoda. And you jam uh, your hand and you're like, yeah, this, this works. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yoda. Does. I can just imagine all the, because everyone that's got to work at a place like that has got to be a Star Wars, to some extent, a Star Wars fan, or at least grew up knowing Star Wars. I, I can't imagine that puppet wasn't just sitting around before you got there and everyone was just going, mm, 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 <laughs> back sure, and forth at each other, just fucking I'm with sure the puppet. That, I'm sure that was all going on. Just like, oh my God. God, it's a Yoda. I want to make him say something dirty. So, anyway. so, so that was, you know, that was the suddenly that automatically put Pink Five Strikes Back into another level than Pink Five was. You know, Pink Five was literally Amy and I in a blue screen f- screwing around, you know, and, and on most of what made that what it is is a lot of post production. But this was like, we're actually going to get a Yoda. Jesus, you know, <laughs> what are we gonna now do? we're on the hook. Now we're on the hook to do stuff. Now we have to take the Yoda someplace yeah. and. Shoot it exactly, put and a camera in front of it. And I forget what at what point, uh, what point, uh, but uh, you know, Pink Five Strike Back also has a completely dead on accurate screen rep- reproduction of fucking R two D two as well. Was that Senna? That was Mike Senna. Um, Is he the guy who just did that Wally thing that was he's, plastered he's all over the internet? Yeah, there's a big right now this week. Uh, he, he's he and his he and some of his cohorts have built a, a functioning Wally, and it's, um, he's awesome. 
Yeah. Seriously, just right now for funsies, YouTube, Mike Senna, Wally, because that's awesome. But yeah. that's cool. Now, now, and I don't remember even how. I think I was starting to put the word out because, of course, if, you know, it's like, well, we go to Yoda. You know, can we up the ante any further? And I, th- I think I was putting the word out to like five hundred first people or something. I, I think that was the the process. And and just sort of they say, well, if you want to, if you're looking for an R two, there's only there's one guy to talk to, and that was Mike Senna, who had built had already at that point had built this amazing replica of R two and and uh, was doing things with it. And I hooked up with him. He's a totally nice guy, and he was he was aware of Pink Five, as I recall. And he was like, "Oh my god, you know, sequel! I totally want to be in on that." So, so next thing you know, he's bringing his R two to the set, so we can you know shoot that on the on the planet of uh, of Dagobah. How'd you do Dagobah? Dagobah was in a, a, the backyard of a friend. It was actually very close to where I lived. It wasn't my backyard, but it was a friend's backyard, very close to my house. So that was really convenient. He just had this big. Big old backyard that he didn't take care of, so it was completely <laughs> overgrown with just vines and bring out a fog machine. And tree, you're done. And we, we bring out a, that was it. With fog machine in his backyard and and uh, put well, R two and all of a sudden it's Star Wars. Welcome to Dagobah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, the th- the funny thing about Strikes Back is because it was it went so quickly from from Yoda. Like, can we get a Yoda? We can't possibly get a Yoda. Never mind. Someone's building Yoda. Oh. Wow, um, <laughs> uh, and, and and what's the and what's the oh, what's that the, escalated quickly? And what's the Adam Films deadline this year? Oh, wow! Uh, we literally ended up suddenly uh, we had thirty days to to make the thing and get it to Adam Films if we were going to be in the next contest. Uh, so so really, when you look at Pink Five Strikes Back compared to even to Pink Five, and certainly compared to uh, Return of Pink Five, Pink Five Strikes Back is extremely. Shabby <laughs> in many ways, technically. It has very rushed. We did it really fast. Um, it's, you know, we didn't have as much resources uh, that we brought to Strikes Back to the way we shot it. So it's not, you know, we just didn't have the lighting gear or anything like that. We shot it really quickly. It's, it's barely a, my first edit of it, and the effects we did were extremely fast just to get it to Adam Films in time. The effects work. They're mostly good. It's fine. I mean, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine. But like I said, if you look at the spectrum of Pink 5, the original Pink 5, which the version you see now on YouTube is the version that I did once I was doing Return of Pink 5 and it had become fairly decent at After Effects. That's, that's the version you're looking at. That's the third version of Pink 5. Uh, Pink 5 Strikes Back is now the, the sore thumb. Pink 5 is, uh, that's the one that, uh, you know, at the time I, I was even doing some, some effects in After Effects. I didn't know about that whole um, removing digital uh, uh, Interpolation yet? That's so so ah, so yeah. So yeah. so so Pink Five Strikes Back was shot 24p, but was not posted at 24p. It was posted at you know, interlaced. So um, so it runs fast. No, it's just that it's it looks like video when it could have looked like film. So then oh, yeah. um, and, and uh, but the good news is I've still got all the files. I've got every I've got the original master files, and so um, do you have much better archiving I would, habits than I do. I would love to. I would love to go back. That that's really the thing. After finishing volume three, the thing that uh, is my next is it's you know the the other month free of free time I have is to go back and completely special edition Strikes Back. You know, <laughs> I uh, love Strikes Back. I think Strikes Back is my favorite. It's one actually to watch. very light on visual effects, so the visual effects load is not that tough. It's it's much more a factor of just going back and and putting it in twenty true twenty four p, so it looks nicer, and uh, and you know sharpening up, uh, you know doing a much better color correction pass and things like that than than we did on it and then the few effects there's really very few effect shots in it compared to the others um just uh, you know just upgrade those with the, the abilities we have now yeah, i can only think of about six or ten of them yeah, um, there really aren't that many now that's all well and good and it came out and i thought it was really funny and great and i prefer watching strikes back to pink five these days and at this point it's like pfft, he did a sequel and there's a trilogy to work from 
it was basically just like you look at you check your watch like i don't know i'll give him a year and then all of a sudden it's like yeah we're doing return of pink five <laughs> God help us all. Well, we have to, we should we should send us to the Best Buy. We should skip back and, and say that you know we we sort of put it out there half like sort of daring people. Oh, I forgot to about ha- the thing to, to hate us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like okay. I don't remember this part. Maybe we'll get lucky and people will go. Eh, no, that I don't like. That was stupid. That was terrible. Um, and then we won audience choice from Adam Films that year. You got to knock that off. We get screwed. We get we get jacked. <laughs> yeah, on totally that one. fucked. They made <laughs> we, us want to do another one. Yeah. So like, well, now we're really boned. Uh, so you liked uh, it then? You oh liked shit! It. They liked it. You enjoyed. Yeah. You liked that. What we the new direction we took the thing in. Okay. Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to make that other one. And then now. I, you know, I know I from personal experiences in my life. I know the way that. If you're a creative person, you've done something and people liked it, and then you did another one, but it was a little bit bigger and they liked it. The weird sort of stratospheric exponential. Yeah. How are we going to – not only does it have to be just better all around, but it has to be better all around. How do you go above that? And I remember at uh, – right before C4 or something like that, whenever it was, you were – you started asking me questions about – because at the time I lived in Indianapolis. You were like, are there any like – publicly accessible parks like wooded areas that look indoorish and i kind of drove around i was like no and i was like i wonder what that was all about <laughs> nothing i find out a few weeks later somehow you booked the redwoods for an open engagement <laughs> yeah we kind of went to the redwoods to my understanding uh the redwoods national forest national park whatever it is there's there's several parks that are redwood parks in Northern California. Okay, the Star Wars one yeah. isn't super psyched about letting film crews in. It's, the Star Wars one doesn't exist anymore because that was not a park. The oh really? Yeah, that's that was one of the things I found out. Fun fact, uh, you know that uh, Endor uh, no longer exists. That Endor, yeah, Endor, Endor was not a a, a park. Um, Endor, the actual Endor we're talking about from Return of the Jedi, uh, that was a a just a forest that was scheduled to be logged. Um, it was privately owned by whatever company, and those trees were going to be and have since been cut down. It's a housing development now or whatever it is. It's a bunch of chairs. But, but that enabled them. That's why they could go in and you know, do whatever they want. They could you – know, they said, look, we're just going to take over the space. We'll pay you whatever the you know, fee is. And, uh, you know, and you, we're going to blow some of them we're up. We're going to blow yeah. some trees. And, and, hey, it's like, you, and it's like we'll be really careful yeah. not to harm the fuck it. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, hey, we're, we're going to sell the trees one way or the other. If you want to you buy them so you can blow them up, it's all good, baby. That's if you want fine. a timeshare on the trees right now, that's fine with us. <laughs> so, so that's why they were able Double to – Double money create this massive scene in a redwood forest is because they basically it was a redwood forest that no one cared about because it was going to be torn down anyway well in that case it actually ups the stakes because that was that was a fuck it redwood forest we didn't have that flexibility we're basically down at this point to like the majestic and you know lauded california (laughs) redwoods three square miles of redwoods here and there yeah um we oh god we looked everywhere we looked trying to fake now now we actually have to jump back because because uh the redwoods is is that's volume two that's that's the second part of uh, Return of Big Five and Return of Big oh, Five. Right, right, right. Return of Big Five was was conceived as one big thing. It was not conceived as a three parter at the time. It's just that as we started making it, we, we you know we said okay, well what's you know then Hanel, at that point that's when I brought Hanel in and he co wrote it with me. We spent like two days just locked in a room, just kind of okay, what's a, what what is what's every conceivable scene we could do? It's like well she, this could happen or this could happen. So we wrote all these scenes. Never thinking that we would ever do all of them because, well, this scene we'd have to get an emperor, and you know, I don't know if we're gonna get an emperor. And this scene, we'd, Jabba's palace, yeah, this scene we'd need this, and for this, you know, like, yeah, like we're ever gonna like go do a battle of Endor. I mean, you know, but it'd be kind of fun if we did a battle of Endor because then we could have this happen. 
So we had all these theoretical scenes in mind, um, and then we just started putting the word out to see what we could find. And especially because by now, after two Lucasfilm Awards and and all that, the the, the fandom community knew about it. And so when we would put these questions out to our now we had friends and contacts at the 501st and, and Rebel Legion and all that, and we would say – does anyone happen to have uh, this costume, an X costume? You know, uh, you know, if we were to like come to the come to Northern California, how many stormtroopers could we get on a Saturday afternoon? And you know, and people were really eager to help and had these, you know, had these amazing costumes. So next thing you know, we got we got a Bausch and we got a we you know, we, we could have any Leia of any era we wanted. It's like, well, do you want Leia on Endor? Do you want Leia at the Our award ceremony? City? Do you want Leia? In the, uh, sure, how many Leias you got? We'll take them. <laughs> And it just it just kept ballooning from there. So so when we found out, we had well, we can get R two back, obviously. But you know, it'd be great. If, you know, who has a three PO costume? Yeah, there's a guy. Are you? Of kidding? course, of course, Are there's you a guy. Kidding me? You know. And then it's like, well, and of course, then there's the Wookiee guy. It's like you have a Wookiee guy? <laughs> oh my god! In fact, we had we went through two Wookiee guys. We went through the first guy was 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 going to do it, but then because of the schedule, he couldn't he couldn't join us. Fortunately, there was another Wookiee guy. <laughs> So we had our choice of never Wookiees. ever underestimate yeah. fandom. Like my my God in heaven. Yeah. Well, where did the Ewok guys come from? We had to make Ewoks. No one makes Ewok <laughs> I was costumes. Say. There's not a single fan made Ewok costume out there. Uh, so those were, that was our own in house. Now you notice that even I punted on that. You never see an Ewok's face in 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 there. I just I, I we never showed them face because we didn't even we didn't want to have to bother to build a, a, the the whole Ewok yeah so we just did them it's all from the back and, and on we, the subject of the Ewoks and then also going back a lot of the uh, other pilots in the original Pink Five yeah I don't want to call you out but I've noticed that a lot of their little grunts and sounds sound kind of Trace Doxy. The Ewok. <laughs> the Ewok. Some of them are. Oh, some of them, yeah, some of them are, but not all of them. Actually, uh, a fellow who I've also met through the Forest.net um, did a lot of did a lot of our foley and a lot of our incidental sound effects. Who's that? Sure, put me on the spot. Um, His name was Bob. Yeah, no, <laughs> Bob. It's, it's, I'm, Bob I'm sorry, Frank. I'm having a senior moment, and I'm not. His name is in our credits, though. Bob Frank uh, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but he would he would do he did amazing work on uh, you know foleying you know and the sound of the the. The Imperial Walkers, and you know, because he. Oh shit! I forgot. That's something we haven't even touched on. You yeah. didn't. Uh, well, with the exception in, enumerated, illuminated on in the, uh, the John Hudgens thing about the Star- the Skywalker part. You have no original Star Wars sound effects anywhere in the goddamn thing, right? Well, we do in the first one because of the Skywalker. Because we actually got right. it done in Skywalker. Those are right. real. Those are real X-wing sounds. Uh, well, some of them are. You know, the, a lot of them. Even Adam Films, the official contest, made some available online. Saying here are some sound effects. Have some you lightsabers can use. and shit. I mean, you know, in the in the I remember online... them being like really poor quality. There was kind of like an upgrade. Yeah, like, they were. Okay, you're great. giving us the official stuff, but it's so lousy that it's. Yeah. It's like someone at Lucasfilm just ripped it off the VHS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, Lucas. We. Film. We, it runs the gamut. I mean, there are obviously there are places online where people have collated or recreated Star Wars sound effects. Some of them are really iconic. I mean, a blaster sound is a blaster sound, but uh, you know, but like m- the ATST walks. And the stuff ATST like walks. Uh, the those were largely created. Essentially recreated the same way they were created originally the first time by like well see there's like a steam pump in there and there's a you know there's metal clanging and there's and then you just arrange that into a little symphony of sounds and 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 that's and that's an imperial walker and the other thing was the 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 dialogue tracks like the rare times in the Pink Five saga where you hear basically off screen or off to the side a line from yeah. those movies those are always recreated those are all recreated yeah and they're really 
compelling and completely convincing. <laughs> Thank you. And a lot of times, just, yeah, a lot of times, someone who loves you. A lot of times, they're yeah. me, a lot of times they're me. Uh, that one's not. That one is a weird one. Um, the someone who loves you line because we really tried hard to like, okay, who can do it? Um, you know, because Carrie Fisher has a very distinctive kind of voice. Uh, she has that kind of very deep kind of throaty voice. Uh, all the more so now, but uh, even <laughs> at the even at the time, you know, people joked about how the fact it's weird when the female lead has a deeper voice than the male lead in a movie. But <laughs> where could he be? He has to choose his own path. No one can choose it for him. You know, that's a, that's a weird <laughs> that's a weird way to, to do a movie. <laughs> Jerry, come over here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but so so actually the lay of the lay line uh, of. Uh, I love you. I know. Uh, actually, or, or, or what was the line you said? There was another Leia line. Uh, someone who loves someone who loves you is earlier than that. That's actually it's an over you. That's an someone who loves you. That's an that's an overdub. It's 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 partly Sharice Bangs who played the role on set of of Leia. Um, it's partly her saying it live on the set, but it's also got an overdub of Amy later trying to do a Princess Leia Carrie Fisher impression, and they're kind of fifty fifty. Mixed together, it sounds exactly like her. <laughs> it's, it's really like that. Sounds exactly like Carrie Fisher. Yeah, you're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just sat there and just tweaked it with. You know, I had a couple different versions from a couple different actresses. Everyone took a shot at it, and I just kind of just kept mixed m- and matched, messing with it until it sounded okay. And the Han Solo is really good too. The, uh, they, uh, the Han Solo is uh, oh I love you I, I lo- that's me yeah I did that who's, one who's the, you know when he's asking I love you yeah that was me and then with a lot of mixing and <laughs> mixing and tweaking and then uh, you know and I'm I'm Greta I'm that you know the and I'm salacious and I, you know most pretty much all those incidental ones it's just me sitting at the computer just you, you just have puppet guy voice putting it together yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much every pilot you hear is you know is is me mixed and matched and, and so on so and that's and that's a lot of you know. That's a lot of fun, actually. I did discover the, the course across the course of making the Pink Five series is that that whole Ben Burt thing of creating sound effects out of out of bits and pieces and spare parts of audio is really kind of fun. It's really a lot of fun when you when you've done it, uh, and and uh, you get to play with that stuff. And and when you when you when you get it, you you know you know you've got it. You go, yes, that was the sound I was looking for. Whether you're trying to recreate. A sound, or you just need a sound for a thing. Like uh, there's a scene in uh, Volume One where where the uh, her X-wing when Stacy goes to the Death Star and she lands her X-wing in the hangar, and we do a comedy bit where she crash lands her 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 uh, X-wing in the hangar, and a piece falls off and hits the deck. Um, and, and Mike Verda animated that shot, and he just had this idea of you know what if when she when she crashes it on the deck that you know something falls off and hits the deck you know visibly and shot and I was like ah great so then he gave me the shot so then I had to like come up with the sound of that piece hitting the deck and uh, I had such fun in my backyard with was it like a trash can lid or something I, it was uh, what it was was it was a a lid it was a lid from one of my pots and pans um, that I just dropped in the driveway like eight <laughs> eight different times and then uh you know your neighbors are like yeah what's trey doing just oh my don't, neighbors just don't are always look. like what just, in the hell he does that what in the hell is going on at trey's place now and uh, not to mention you had an x-wing in your backyard exactly the crashed x-wing that guy just don't talk to him yeah he's weird, he's weird. um then i just i just dropped a pan lid about eight different times and recorded it and took it in a premiere slowed it down pitch bent it added reverb on top of it and then suddenly there it is you know um i had a lot of fun doing the x-wing sound effects i, I if you listen to 
the X-Wing, uh, whenever the X-Wing is on screen, um, hopefully uh, maybe you can appreciate my sound effects because you can hear – it sounds like – basically the, our X-Wing is, is essentially a lawnmower engine and like a diesel engine mixed together because we did the whole pull start gag. So you can actually hear this kind of chug, chugging kind of sound that it makes, you know, where it's got this kind of – it's like turning over quality. Low, low, <laughs> low oil in the cylinders, metal kind of metal on metal kind of thing. And cool. even and even when it's sort of like lifting off and turning to to take off, uh, there's there's a huge sound of grinding gears. <laughs> she's actually she's she's kind of double clutching the X wing to try and get it to go. It's, so a lot of that stuff is really fun to do, and I really enjoyed that. That was kind of the the revelation was that I really enjoyed mixing audio. All right, the people want to know, how did it feel when you're standing out in the Redwoods with a 3PO and an R2 and 45 Stormtroopers and Redwoods? <laughs> Redwoods, yeah. Yoda. Yeah. Got an Obi-Wan walking around, all that. It was really weird. It was really bizarre. I uh, th- I think there's an... Out- did it feel kind of dirty in any way where you're sort of like, this <laughs> is almost kind of like a weird fetishy thing now. This is kind of like, we're so much into a movie... That it's weird. I felt like some line had been crossed. I didn't know what, it meant, what that meant. I was afraid to look behind myself and like, where, what territory am I in now? What does this really mean? Uh, Can I explain myself about this? Yeah. I, I think it's sort of when I... when I Will someone at the Ralphs understand? Is yeah. this at my funeral? Are people going to avoid talking about this? Yeah. Or is this going to be the thing? You remember that time? Golly. What yeah, a free, sure. That's, that's going to be... all the, off the rails after that's, that. That's going to be the eulogy. I... Um, it, we went actually, and we made two trips to the Redwoods. God help us. The second one was the elaborate shoot. Um, it really was. It was bizarre. It was so bizarre. Uh, it was really strange to sort of sit there and look at the look at what was on the screen, and uh, and it's it's all Star Wars. It's every it's there. It is. It's all there. And and we shot it at uh, you mentioned it, we shot it at Henry Cowell State Park, which is uh, just a little south of San Francisco. And um, it's a small park, and it's a state park. It's not huge, um, but it has this lovely section of Redwood. Um, but, you know, our permit allowed us to shoot, and we had a ranger who was there to make sure that we didn't do anything terrible to the to the Redwoods. Um, uh, sir, please stop screwing that yeah. tree. <laughs> and they would, do, they would do a very little bit of traffic control, but really that wasn't part of the, part of the deal. So – so people would just go walking by <laughs> as we'd be shooting. We'd be doing these elaborate scenes where eight stormtroopers are running up a hill and there's 3PO and R2 and families are just walking past, you know, just behind camera. And they would I, – I wanted to know what it was like for them. Like, oh, let's get, take the kids to the Redwoods today. And then they come around the corner and Star Wars is happening <laughs> right in front of them. Star Wars in the park. Yes, they're doing a little uh, thing. Jesus, that's cool. That's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I stumbled on – I just found this recently. It's, if you look on YouTube, I think it's – they spelled Star Wars with a Z for some reason. I'm not sure why, but it's in the title. Star Wars, Return of the Big Five. Uh, but it's someone – and I, I don't think it was someone on our cast and crew. I think it's someone who literally was just walking by. But they actually have their little home video footage – of watching us shoot for a while. And and we don't even have that. We don't even have any documentary footage really of us shooting any of those scenes. But someone just posted on YouTube recently. I just found I just totally stumbled on it just recently of someone I want to find that. watching us watching us sh- so you shoot. You never had like a cool moment with like the dad of the family who kind of looks at you and goes well done, man. Yeah, I don't know I, what the fuck you're doing, but you're having a good day. I didn't because I was always running from place to place and, and you know just trying to keep things moving. But uh, you know we 
we all the all the casting all the crew on the cast uh you know there was a lot of posing for pictures you know <laughs> that was our well, no shit yeah in exchange for in exchange for you know waiting for five minutes while we shoot this and holding you on your you know your nature walk uh <laughs> yes you can have a picture taken with the wookie be my guest here come on in and, and damn get, good wookie costume get that taken so yeah damn good damn good wookie. he doesn't have the exact uh Fucking oh god! I forgot the guy who plays well, he, uh, his name. Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew. Mayhew. He doesn't exactly have the Mayhew proportions. Yeah, he's not exactly nine foot tall and one inch wide. Yeah. But he's but, but the, but the costume, costume is, is like yeah. dead on yeah. Chewbacca. Yeah, very few people in the world. It doesn't even Peter look Mayhew's... like a shitty. Co- it looks exactly like Chewbacca. I think. Yeah, I think. I think as far as the costume itself, it's it's amazing. And with with the Wookiee, you have a little bit of leeway. We, we were. I still can't believe that we got a three PO. That's and, and our three PO is not. You know, it's not completely factory, <laughs> factory authentic. Um, there's a couple things you know off about that three PO, but uh, but they're minor things, and uh, and the three PO thing is three PO has to be you know to be good is it has to be three PO. I mean, like you know, people of all kinds of different sizes, like you said, can put on a Wookiee costume and go, oh, that's a Wookiee, that's totally a Wookiee. Three PO is three PO. Anthony Daniels is a tiny, skinny little dude. He's a he's a toothpick of a of a person, and so any anyone who who puts on a costume. That doesn't this isn't Anthony Daniels scale. That's not three PO. That's going to be a much larger thing. None of us in this room can possibly pull that off. Yeah, or, no. you have to be like a little like basically have to be an equestrian. Yeah, a uh, yeah a jockey. A jockey, jockey. Yeah, an equestrian is a horse. Well, equestrian is a person who rides a horse. Oh, okay, so, cool. so, so a jockey is an equestrian, but uh, anyway, really tiny. But an equestrian little, isn't necessarily a jockey. Yes, little skinny dude. Yeah, extremely extremely uh, thin person has to wear that thing, and uh, and they had a, they had not so not only did a, a, a chapter of the five hundred first in in uh, or the Rebel Legion, whichever in Northern California, or maybe I think we actually got the costume from down here. Um, they had a a very good, damn near authentic. 3PO costume, which was at least partly pulled from original molds, so that the parts themselves were, you know, the real thing. Um, and not only that, but there was a guy in the group who could wear it because that's that's a rare thing in itself. Is mm-hmm. someone, you, know, you can have the costume in a box, sure, but <laughs> is there a human that you know who can put it on is also uh, tricky. So they. And it was a dude. It was a guy. Yeah. For some reason, I figured it would have been like a fifteen-year-old girl. It was. Well, later it was. Um, oh wow! Oh, it's I'm awesome. She, she wasn't fifteen, but yeah. Another weird fun fact is uh, we we held on to that costume. They actually let us keep it and hang on to it for a while to to bring it back down here to L.A. and shoot blue screen or green screen inserts for other sections of the movie. Um, so if you again, this is volume two, Pink Five, volume two, uh, Strikes Back, volume two. There's the bunker scene when you see the bunker. The bunker is only seen through through Stacy's goggles and so we do this zoom in and you'll see that we've recreated there's han and leia and 3po and r2 in the doorway of the bunker doing that scene where, where han is trying to to hotwire the doors and get into the bunker and on endor um and we re- recreate that scene um that's uh those are our our doubles um the girl playing leia in that scene we had several Le- girls play leia depending on which scene it was in uh that's christy christy marie who <laughs> if you every every year at the comic-con um when people post there oh my god i saw the hottest chick in a leia bikini it's always christy that's christy is every year at comic-con she's one of the princess leia slave bikini girls and 
always wins best in show. Christy is <laughs> Christy's is just sweetheart. She's 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 well known uh, for that. She's also she also uh, uh, cosplays as Ariel uh, from uh, from Disney. Um, she's and she's great, and she just you know she has all these different costumes. It's one of the things she just loves to do. She's kind of known for that sort of thing. She played Leia. She had every Leia costume, um, including the slave bikini. So she played that Leia. She had Endor you know Endor combat Leia. You know, she had that outfit, so she she played that. But in that same shot, because it's done blue screen and we decided separately, she's also 3PO. Um, because she was the only person when we went to shoot those inserts that was uh, that was in the room fit. who could possibly fit into the 3PO costume. I'm so, assuming she – because no one has. She'd never been in a 3PO costume before. It's a, it's a rare experience. But I uh, also have to imagine that she's never done anything – Quite w- w- with the bucket being that tight before. It's either. very hard. I, well, what happens? We did do I mean, a Freepio's head is yeah, right on that's, your that's face. That's the part that would make me nuts. I think I would. It's like Man in the Iron Mask. I would. I would probably not be able to stand being in a three PO costume myself. Um, and I. And I find what I remember is we we said you know who can wear it. You know we're trying to think. Okay, we got the costume. That's great. And we're going to do this blue screen shoot. Um, and Christy will be there, and we'll get her side of it, and we'll get her and Han, and then we'll we'll have the, we'll have the R two, and that's great. Who can we put in the three PO costume? And it quickly, by process of elimination, was I think the only person in the who's going to be there is also Christy. And so, how did Christy feel about that? Well, prospect? we well we took a we, we we test fitted it on her before the shoot. We we were all getting together to plan the shoot, and she was there, and we we we, we tried it. They did a test fit just to see if it would even be possible. Because I mean, even she, skinny you know skinny little thin beautiful sliff of a girl that she is, she almost couldn't fit into that thing because that was such a tiny costume. Um, and we did find out she she could not wear the the hip the hip rig. You know, it's three PO's got that kind of you know this his uh, his you know diaper rig. She 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 had girl hips and she could not she could not wear that. So fortunately, in that scene, three uh, PO is standing behind R two, and you don't see his you know you don't see him from the waist down. So she's not actually wearing the 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 three PO hips, but um, she could fit into the rest of it. But I did take her aside afterwards, and I said, "Look, that's got to be hard." <laughs> I said, please tell me right now, are you up for this? Can you stand, you know, being in that thing? Shall we establish a safe word? A couple of hours under hot lights. I mean, are you cool with this? And it's totally all right if you're not. And you want to say, I don't want to have to do it because I, I don't think I even could myself. And she was like, no, I, you know, I'm up for it. And she, she did a great, like a, like a trooper. But uh, That's so cool. You know, but uh, so, so just weird, just, you know, people just doing things and just helping out and pitching in and wanting to help out and be part of it was just a, a huge part of, of making the thing. And now we're at the point. Speaking of which, that's all that's all over and done with, except for fucking the ending. Yeah, that part, that that last little bit, which brings us to the present, where you know, literally any amount of money helps in the Kickstarter, and we'll be linking to it from uh, this page on down in front. Uh, we'll also link to you know YouTube. Just go watch Pink Five now. You want to because we've been talking about it. But uh, another thing we're talking about doing is. Uh, along with the Kickstarter, for the Down in Front forum people, a lot of the people that have come to our forums are either already professional visual effects artists or have an interest or would like to have an interest. And uh, to a certain extent, uh, I, we're, we're talking about literally bringing in you and, and forum members that are visual effects people. <laughs> Me? No. You. you. <laughs> Pizza is coming out for you um, to literally – Help us with that stuff. There's a shit ton of work that you know, green screen cleanup and rotoing lightsabers, tracking. All they're, they're they're easy After Effects tasks, and depending on your level of skill, we'll sort of we'll we'll get you up to speed on that if you need to get up to speed on it. But if you're interested in doing that, uh, there will be a thread on the diff forum for this episode. Go into that episode and say, uh, you know, here's my level of skill. Whether it's I have two Oscars or <laughs> I've never done this before, but 
let me see if I can do it. Just post and say, hey, you know, I'm down for this. I want to. I, I have you know hours on the weekend or whatever. I can do this on. Let us know what your ability and uh, your time inclination is. And there's a pretty good chance that we're going to need all the help we can get, and that you qualify. You're 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 great for that. But if you can't do that, Kickstarter. And if you can't do Kickstarter, Blog. seriously, for the love of God, please just tell people about the Kickstarter because it, it's not even. It's not exaggeration. Every little bit helps. Every single tweet, every single Facebook post, you know, everything you can do with blogs and or, or just, you know, harangue Trey to get them on your podcast, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, which is actually pretty easy to do. I've done, I've done several today. Um, the one of the few times that I'll like willingly talk to humans at random <laughs> who want to talk to me is, is uh, you know, when there's, when there's, you know, a movie to be made for me. I'll, I'll bite that bullet. Um, yeah, we, the, 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 the the whole getting the word out thing is as much as we talked about this and yeah, a couple of Lucasfilm awards and everything else. I, I, as I keep stressing, you know, yeah, we got 2 million views on Adam films and you know, we live in a world now where YouTube won't take your call. If your video only got 2 million views, you know, call us when you get to five. So, and I'm not saying that that means that what that means, the way I interpret that is that pink five is famous and completely unknown to most of what is now the internet world. So, so a lot of people like, go, you know, the, the reactions run the gamut from, Oh my God, pink five. I love it too. I think I saw that one time, but I never even knew they made sequels to it. Um, to, I've never heard of it. What is that? I only um, joined the internet in 2006. Exactly. So, uh, so, you know, just seriously pick your angle, tell your friends, get the, get the word out there. Cause, uh, not, it's not, it's not, it's half about, Letting the the existing fans know that the the third one is on, and uh, you know we're doing this, and the other is let's see if we can find some new fans who didn't even know we existed yet, or you know just want to work on something cool in their off time. That like too, this, uh, if you are an aspiring visual effects person starting out, this this is great fr- demo reel material. <laughs> Seriously, I, I mean, depending on how interested you are and how much time you have to to give, I, my anticipation is that I'm going to be literally training people up on After Effects tasks. Uh, and this is primo demo demo real material. <laughs> Obviously, this is so shitty. It's like, oh, you know, credit and a copy kind of thing. But seriously, like this is a really cool project. If you if you have an interest in that already, we could really use your help. Well, just just by way of example, um, we did do a, a sizable section of of uh, volume three before we had to to put it on the shelf. Um, was done by uh, people at Dave School at the time. You were one of. Um, you and Hanel, and you and Hanel were kind of the wranglers of that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we got a lot of great stuff done from that. Um, it's an amazing sequence. Um, and you, you, as a fresh-faced young man, a few years ago, you came to Hollywood with more than a few Pink Five shots on your reel. There's a funny anecdote I like to tell about how at one point I had been wrangling a, a certain. Su- Hanel was the. It's funny because this came up on Arc too. Calling yourself the visual effects supervisor under Trey is kind of like calling yourself the head chef under Bobby Flay. It's, it's like well, it's like me saying I was head of the animation department under Phil Tippett. Exactly. It's yeah, like right. Yeah, well, I, I think that guy knew what's up and he just didn't want to so be there. So what's your golf handicap then? Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. But um I was working under Chris under Trey, so that means that I I was fucking I was Donna. I was the Donna of Return of Pink Five <laughs> to Trace Bartlett. But um <laughs> Donna uh, but at one point I did uh having already guided I, I didn't like supervise or anything like that, but guided a particular artist with a particular task on Return to Pink Five Volume Two. No, three. Three. Uh someone that I had done that with. I later came out to Hollywood and then interviewed and 
I popped in my reel and he was like, oh my God, you worked on Pink 5? And I said, oh my God, you're you? And he said, oh my God, you're you? Shit, I worked for you on this. And that was a kind of a funny little moment. Uh, but yeah, people, I, I don't want to try to gild the lily here, but people in the effects world out here know about Pink 5 too. So you know. <laughs> People in the industry know about Pink 5. George Lucas knows about Pink 5. I mean, we can tell that story. Uh, go, go for it. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, the, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> You wouldn't think, George. Come on, throw us a couple of bones. Come on, just throw us, <laughs> throw us a little money and finish the damn thing for heaven's sake. Come on, man. You fart and lose fifteen grand yeah, in the wind. <laughs> exactly. You've got our budget under your couch cushions if you just lift them up and take a look. Uh, there's a couple of wacky George Lucas Pink Five stories. I mean, of course he 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 gave us you know he he gave us the award the the first year we were in the contest. <laughs> did he say Trey Stokes he, in Pink Five? He did. There's a That's there's crazy. A, Stokes from he, Pink he, Five. He did. Stokes I think the entire I think the entire life uh, lifespan of the Adam Film Contest, which I don't think they do anymore. Um, the the big thing was he he wouldn't appear in person. He never actually came to the actual appearance. Please come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> He's but, but, but they would make a video. They would make a video of him usually sitting in the screening room at Skywalker Ranch, and uh, and uh, and he would say, you know. Hey, I'm George Lucas, and this is uh, you know, and the winner this year is uh, you know. Um, <laughs> is he Doctor Strange Love all of a sudden? <laughs> it's a mixture of Strange Love and Ed Sullivan. <laughs> that's my Lucas. That's my Lucas impression. <laughs> On our very special maybe that's why shoe. maybe that's why he doesn't call me and give me money because I mock him and make fun of his voice. I don't know, dude. That's but, the least that's been said. About yeah, you. exactly. You so, are the most. Ardent George Lucas supporter of anyone on so the he, he made yeah he he made so he you know he actually would say every year they would have an announcement where he would he would say the winner is so and so he would say your name and say the title and and you would go up and go oh my god I can't believe it um, so there's, uh, there's one there's two stories uh, both of which are secondhand one is from a, a one is secondhand and one is thirdhand but uh, I'll share them um, the you know of course he he they have a video of him saying that and they have a video of him saying the winner every year the the amongst us fan film you know winners and and uh, people who were in the contest we always would talk you know you get together for a beer afterwards after the show like hey you know, party down um the question would always come up do you think he really watches them is he even selecting the winner isn't it just like don't you think it's probably just some group of Flackies and you know, flunkies and secretaries who go, let's give it to this one, and they just go in and give him two sentences to say on video, and he just goes, whatever. Does he really watch these things? Um, I, I and we, I, I asked these, I asked of uh, Steve Sansweet among other people because I, you know, I got to know Steve Sansweet and other people at Lucasfilm as a result of all this, and and he he Sansweet swears, yes, he watches them, he really enjoys watching them, he really likes to see these things, um, and it is in fact his choice, his. Actual choice himself is uh, is the is the winner, so okay, fair enough. Um, didn't necessarily still believe it even after all that, but um, a few years ago uh, there was this movie called um, Indiana Jones and the Something Something um, Temple of Relic of Gotham. Relic of Gotham. No, uh, no, no, the Indiana other Indiana Jones and the Blood from the Stone. Yeah, exactly. Indiana Jones and I can't believe they they did that. The <laughs> Indiana Jones and I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. That oh, that one. movie. Yeah, uh, my friend. That was the movie which my friend Bill Corso, who I know from the makeup world, uh, Bill Corso became Harrison Ford's makeup artist as of that movie and has remained so since. I think. Um, and I, I talked to Bill because Bill called me like I'm going to be Harrison Ford's makeup artist on the new Indiana Jones movie, and I'm like, okay, well, 
screw you for winning at everything. Yeah, exactly. Us. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Come to my parties and yeah. go to hell. So that, so, so that was, you know, that was amazing because we started out as, you know, nobody's together in a garage and that was really cool. So he, he called me about it. And, uh, and so at the same time, you know, he's like, yeah, we're catching up. And I'm like, yeah, I got this, you know, Pink 5 series just keeps going and going and going. And I sent him some DVDs. Um, with the Pink Five videos on them, um, and and he called me back later and he said this this happened. He's he's your assistant. so it's, this is a secondhand story, but I trust Bill as a source. He was literally, and he did this on purpose because Bill, you know, Bill knows how. Bill, but one of the one of the reasons is Bill does makeup on people, makeup artists, especially. Indiana Jones didn't really require it, but makeup artists half the battle is if you're doing an elaborate makeup on somebody. You have to keep them entertained because they have to sit in that chair for you for an hour, two hours, three hours. So, so a makeup artist will always like you know this come makes, in with big, oh yeah. big stacks of DVDs of anything. Just like, hey, you want to watch this maybe or some this? Funny YouTube videos, listen to some music, what, Howard you know, the Duck, whatever, whatever you're into. So I, I gave him, I gave him the Pink Five DVDs as part of his ammunition, just in case you know someone, hey, I got this, you want to check it out. Um, so he would, you know, who knows? I think Jim Carrey's seen them. He's also Jim Carrey's makeup artist. For what it's worth, I think Jim Carrey's seen at least a little Pink Five. Um, Harrison Ford is in and out of the makeup chair so fast, it's really not a factor. Um, Harrison is like, you get me for five minutes and I'm out of here. Because <laughs> he spent most of his life in a makeup chair. So, But one day, Bill, Bill had his, his player open and he was watching, he was running the Pink Five. And and he told me this story. George Lucas came rolling up behind him and started watching. It was like, what, what is this? What are you looking at? <laughs> When he watch it, and Bill said, "You know, oh hey, or hey George, it's the Pink Five series. You gave them an award for the first one. Like, oh yeah, and I have a copy if you'd like one." <laughs> and George Lucas took a copy of the DVD and and off he went. <laughs> so okay, so we've established that George Lucas has been handed a copy of the entire series up until now, up including Volume Two. Um, that much we know. Um, another story that I heard, and this is a third-hand story, but a friend of mine that I know who's in the industry um, heard from a friend of his. So, you know, it's getting a little tenuous now. But uh, but there was a – for years they've been talking about this Star Wars television series, on and on and on about Star Wars television series. And they've had, you know, hypothetical conferences and, you know, they've, they've announced things about it and, you know, what status is it no one really seems to quite know. But one of the things they have been doing for many years now, and and happens a lot with you know all kinds of projects, is they get together a bunch of people, uh, and you know who are sci-fi writers or whatever group that you want to get together, and they have just kind of a brainstorming session with George, where they just kind of spitball ideas. They come up to Skywalker for a weekend and and hang out and just kind of kick ideas around. Um, what could it be? And then, you know, they say, well, what if it was this? And George goes, well, I don't really feel like it should be that, but you know, that's interesting, but I, I think it needs to be more like this. Oh, okay. Well, what, you know, and they just, and they just have a little writer's room session, um, just to, you know, just to kick it around. Um, the friend of a friend was one of the writers who went to one of these little get togethers and came back with the story that he told my friend who then told me, um, take it with a grain of salt, but this is the story. Uh, one of the things that they found out was that Skywalker Ranch is is so you know high tech and awesome that they've got virtually everything that they can possibly think of digitized in some great video server somewhere in the in the facility. Just a click away, no matter what. It exactly, is. and and so what happens is you're sitting in a room with George, and he's going, you know, could it be maybe like that scene in Touch of Evil? Have you seen Touch of Evil? 
No, I actually haven't seen Touch of Evil. Picks up the phone. Bip, 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 bip. Screening room three. Can we see Touch of Evil? Blam! It's on the screen. Some guy in some room. <laughs> scroll, 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 click. <laughs> some guy in some room throws a switch and pipes whatever video George wants to see to whatever room George is in at that moment. Uh, or something similar to that. So so they said that was a blessing and a curse because George could always like pull up an example of, I like it to be like this. Or what if have you guys ever seen that movie or this TV show or whatever? And he could always pull the example up. But it was like... It was a loaded gun to have in the thing because then next thing you know, you're watching. Yeah, you guys ever see that Family Guy? They did? oh, it's re- put up the Family Guy episode, and then you blow a half hour because now you watch the Family Guy episode. And this is why we still don't have a Star Wars television. I, show. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but still, it's it's a meeting we'd all love to go to in a minute. <laughs> but um, but then they started talking about apparently somewhere they got off on a comedy track, and so he's like, yeah, I see that uh, that uh, robot chicken. Yeah, put up the robot chicken. You know, so then they show robot chicken Star Wars. Yeah, ever seen that Family Guy? Boom. Um, you guys ever see that the, those Pink Five movies? Boom, bam, on the screen. <laughs> 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 the reason that we heard that story is because the friend of a friend knows that my friend knows the guy who made Pink Five and said, do you know that George Lucas made us watch Pink Five? <laughs> we're there talking about the TV series and we took 10 minutes to watch Pink Five while we were doing that. Did not know that. Fun fact. Good and you know. two can be part of this history. <laughs> Good to know. So, you so have George on a fast track. Yeah. So, so if nothing else, George is waiting, you guys. And I'm surprised he hasn't sent me an email just to really give me some shit yet. So I really need to get this done for him. <laughs> Ask not what George can do for you, yeah. but what you can do for George. This one's for George, you guys. Anyway. Because we all love George. So, as said, uh, you can find the Kickstarter at pink5.com. Pink5.com. Uh, yes, a rather blatant link is available there. Um, or as, go as to, well as the movies and the commentaries and all, all the movies and the commentaries and the extras and the special features and, and all that happy stuff is all there. And you can access it for the low, low price of a donation mm. or, or, or free. But you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can access all this. that. It was hard to come up with rewards because we've always just given everything away for free. Oh, yeah, there's Kickstarter rewards. Here's artwork and commentaries. And it's one, like, one of my favorite ones. Uh, you have to go to the Kickstarter to see all these funny ass rewards that Trey came up with. But like, you know, if you, it's with Kickstarter, it's like if you donate a hundred bucks, we'll throw you a shirt. Like that's how Kickstarter projects tend to work. But then you get to like some people th- like, you know, VC type folk will like, you know, float around on Kickstarter. and It's like, yeah, I'll throw five grand to that. So you have to come up with like brackets up to yeah. absurd numbers. For that lunatic who wants to, who will throw 10,000 if he feels Right, exactly. Like so it's like the ultra extra sexy superstar porn star executive producer bracket gives yeah. you this. And one of my favorite ones of, of the, of the ones that Trey's thrown out is uh, his, his buddy, Stephen Stanton, who's a, primo voice actor whose voice you've heard a million times before and you should check out his website uh just google steven stanton um <laughs> one of the awards is get an hour on skype with him and it's you know i'm not going to say what you can or can't do it's up to steven you but basically you know if you want to have obi-wan kenobi answer your voicemail from now on you could do that <laughs> yeah. it's like that's genius that's fucking genius whatever yeah steve steve's got a whole he's become very big in the uh, in the star wars world he plays two roles in in our movies and uh and he's 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 the official he's one of the official Clone Wars actors. He's he's Captain Tarkin before he became Moff Tarkin um, in Clone Wars. He's the voice of Captain Dude, Tarkin. I was into Moff so long before, before he was Tarkin. He was <laughs> so he's in that. He's and he just does Disney characters and all. You know, he's he's uh, he's quite uh, quite a thing in the uh, in the voiceover business. So so uh, you know, yeah, we've got several rewards from him. We've got uh, autographed pictures of him as the Emperor and um, and the and the Skype conversation. If I donate like thirteen thousand dollars, will you sign my salad dressing? What the hell is that? I don't know. We better talk privately. I, that might be more of a fourteen or fifteen thousand dollar reward. I want Depends a tra- on the flavor of salad dressing. Yeah. I want Trey's own Catalina. <laughs> 
the scary. salad dressing was signed by Trey Stokes. It's kind of a scary thought, but um, but yeah, we have you know a whole range of rewards, and if you if you were to you know, if you have $14,000, get in touch. We'll, we're happy to craft an award for you. We'll say you wrote it. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Written by you. It'll be called Joe Donorman's Return of Pink Five. We're, we're not above that. We're perfectly brought to you by Staples. Morgan Spurlock presents. <laughs> Morgan Spurlock. Anyway, I can't wait to, to you know, hoping we get to the 20,000. Uh, I can't wait to crack this thing up and finish it, knock it out. And- I, have to say, I have to say one thing. I was looking through... I was looking through the existing state of the extremely rough cut with with a few slap together effects and and a, and a not barely existent audio mix. Uh, obviously, because it's been sort of had to go on to other things for so long, I have not done that in a very long time comparatively. Um, and I looked at Volume Three, even in its rawest, most unfinished form, and I was like. Oh my God! We still have to finish this thing. This is so awesome. We are nuts. <laughs> I was I was impressed retroactively by what we had already even managed to do. Like, oh, we just need we have got to get this thing done. This thing is so amazing. Anyway, I'm impressed by it. So, uh, pinkfive dot com for the movies, the commentaries, the Kickstarter, all that stuff. Donate if you possibly can. Please, like seriously, please tell your friends Facebook blasted or something like that just say we believe in these guys it means the world yeah. and encourage, encourage people to watch the videos if they haven't watched the videos then that's that's it you know if they like the videos then hopefully the rest takes care of itself if you are an effects artist if you if you have After Effects and never really play with it anything like that and have an interest and in the time and you think you could possibly manage to do a little bit here or there post in the thread you will you will get individual attention when it comes time to start working on this stuff. And if if you know if you need some training up, happy to do it for you and and bring up to speed on that, so you can help us out with that. Like it, this 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 is a movie that's going to live or die on on your interest and help. And please, for the love of God, have interest and help. There's a if if, if you're into this sort of thing, there's a lot of saber action going on. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of lightsabers. There's a lot of lightsabers. Anyway. So uh, this has been Down in Front, and you can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a T. Christie. Brian Minifer. Trace Dokes. Pink5.com. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night.